Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. Revelation 13. I'm going to read this whole chapter. The Bible says, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like a bear. And his mouth was like a mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and was given authority, look at this, to continue for 42 months. That's three and a half years. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given over every tribe, tongue, and nation. One more time. Look at this verse. You need to know this verse by heart. All who dwell on earth. How many's all? Everybody. Not one person's left out of all. Okay? All who dwell on earth will worship him. Who? The beast. Whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Not just half of the people. All of them. If your name's not written there, you're going to worship the beast. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. Even the writer John made sure you understood what he just said. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. And he who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs. So that even he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on earth by those signs which he was granted to do, granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast, referring to the first one, who was wounded by the sword and lived. And he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. And that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. That no one may, be, no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. 
Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. May God add his blessings to his holy word. You may be seated. This might be the best news you've heard all day or the worst news you're going to hear all day, depending on if you know Jesus. This, we are in as this series of, of going through the end times, and this is the fourth week in this. We've got three more to go. Tonight, I want to share with you several things, about 15 things that are going to happen in the next two weeks that you need to be praying about around the world. But we'll talk about that tonight. But I want, I want you to hear me this morning. God works with precision and unbelievable preciseness that, that is just confounds even the greatest skeptic. And I could go on about the creation of the world, but one in particular, it just, it just boggles my mind that the earth has to be at an exact angle, one degree off, and no life can exist. The preciseness of, of God and what He has done and what He has created around us is, is awesome just to behold. And as we, look at, as we look at the Scripture, God has given us over and over and over signs of the soon return of the King. And as He has given us signs of the soon return of the King, as I told you last week, we don't know the day or the hour. We don't know if it's this time of the year, if He's going to come in winter, He's going to come in spring. It's up to God. That's God's business. But what we do know, He's coming again. And when He does come again, and when He does enter into this world and call us up home, what we recognize is that according to what most understand and most conservative end-time scholars look at, is that that moment is called the rapture, and that that will start a, a process of a seven-year period by which the great tribulation will enter into the moment at the three, midpoint of the tribulation period. Now, up to this point, I have not gone over a timeline with you, and so what we know is that I told you last week about the great war. And I told you about all the armies that are, are ready to march out. And all the countries of the world that are that these chess pieces are, are ready to be put on the table. And now they're moving. And, and, and not to re go into all that again. But if you were watching the news this week like I was watching the news this week. Those same countries that I mentioned Sunday, they started doing stuff this week. Crazy things. And so, I mean, let me just rabbit trail. My wife's got a movie, so you better just relax. She's doing children's church today, so I know I got an hour and 15 minutes. Y'all better just relax. But there is, on the, on the preciseness of as I was talking about, we said last week, last week that Russia and Iran would be involved, Persia and other, it was Persia's Iran, and how they would be coming together, and how Syria would be involved, which in Scripture was Assyria, and how we talked about these things. And then all of a sudden this week, we find right there, right north of Israel, in Syria, you got Syria, Iran, and Russia all working around together just this week. I'm telling you what, if he doesn't come back right now, I know it's got to be closer than ever before. 
Things are in order. And you have to look at last week's to get more of that. But things are in order at this moment. And God works in cycles of seven. This is why we have seven years of, of, uh, of what we talked about last week of God, the rise and fall of nations and the, the year of the release. We talk about Jubilee and all the things of, of how God works through those. And so God works in cycles of seven. And Revelation has the, word, the number seven written all over it from time, time, time again. Seven is vital for understanding the Revelation. Revelation book. And so this number, so we see that a seven-year period is described in the book. So just let's follow the timeline just for a moment. The rapture will take place. This rapture that we understand is meaning what we talked about in 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and then uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that in a moment we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. 40, Psalm 47 that I read earlier is symbolic of that, that we're rising up to meet the Lord with a shout. And I said, uh, said Wednesday night that as we, we get to that moment all over the world, there's going to be a shout. Whether the world heals, hears it or not, we're going to shout to God because you're going to see Jesus for the first time face to face and all these other things have just dissolved and passed away and there stands your King bringing you all the way in home. And if you can't shout at that moment, friend, I don't know when you're going to shout. All of us will meet the Lord in the air. Those that know the Lord. So as we go forward then, this creates utter and complete turmoil within the world. Within the world, what would happen if you know 1.5 billion people just disappeared today? What would happen all over the world? So chaos is going to take place. And so what's going to happen is that the world is going to move in what we understand as a, a, a one world government and that the, the world is going to go into a chaotic state until they merge everything together and it's going to go through this three and a half year period. And we'll go through the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse later in, in Revelation 6. But this time period is going to be here and you're going to see this three and a half year time period of the Jewish revival that is going to be unprecedented, that is going to take place in this moment that is described in Revelation 6 through Revelation 10. And as this revival begins to take place, you're going to see the churches rose to meet, to meet the Lord in the air, and you're going to see person after person after person coming to Christ. And then at the three and a half year period, though, you're going to see a shift take place. And the, and the prior three and a half year period, there's tribulation, awful things, quarter of the world dying, famine, terrible things taking place in this, in this atmosphere, in this time, as God's judgment is now upon this world. But there's still the space to come to the Lord. There's still the space to be here. There'll be preachers. There'll be people speaking. There will be witnesses, and there are two of them in particular that are going to be roaming around the city of Jerusalem, and they're going to be announcing and preparing the way, and they're going to be crying out, and they're going to literally have power from God that's going to send fire to consume anybody that rises up against them. This is described in Revelation again all the way up to where we are, Revelation chapter 11. So all these things have happened that I will get to, but I want to start here right now in Revelation 13 and then work my way back. 
So at the midpoint, three and a half years into this thing, we see the Antichrist rise up out of the sea. And then for 42 months, 42 months, the last half of this process, he will be given authority and he will be given power and he will be given all the things to make war against the saints. And at this moment, the Bible says, remember I said about this in verse 8, all who dwell on the earth will worship him. No one will be left out of that. There are not, you know, it always amazes me how people in our elections are undecided about who they're going to vote for. I mean, I mean, there really are people undecided. But when you have two people, you either like one or you like the other. One or the other, you're going to pick them. I mean, I, when you're undecided, it usually tells me I don't like either one of them. I'd rather have a third choice, but I don't have a third choice. So, you know, that's usually, but you've made a decision. I don't like any of them. You are not really undecided. You don't, you have a, you don't, your preference may not be expressed. Well, see, we live in this atmosphere of choice and being able to do a thing and make a choice and make a, making a decision. There will not be anybody in the middle of the road here. It will be either, are you in the Lord's army or are you not? And those that aren't in the Lord's army, they're going to be wrapped up in worshiping this beast, and which is what we call the Antichrist. And as this will be revealed, what's going to happen at some point is that he will come forth, be revealed as who he is, and the world is going to bow at his feet. They're literally going to be deceived the greatest hoax that had ever been perpetrated on human history is going to take place and so that's what i want to tell you what it's going to be at least according to what scripture says and so we can look at this and it says now what we find is that as you look at first john chapter two the bible says little children it is the last hour and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. And even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if had they been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? Very important. First John chapter 2, 22. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. There, the spirit of Antichrist has been in this world from generation after generation after generation. 
We see it rising up during historical timelines. And there are people that very well could have been the Antichrist in the midst of different eras and different time periods. But for whatever reason, this was not to be. I mean, one of the most recent in our understanding is, is Hitler in Germany and how he literally despised the Jews, even though he was half Jewish. He literally despised them and, and desired to wipe them out. And he worshipped. This, he worshipped Satan. He was deep in the occult, and many of his many of his uh, henchmen were occultic leaders, and they all had their seances. And they, he literally made his army decisions based upon whatever the demonic presence came into the room that described to him what to do. This this person fulfilled the pure evil that. We got a glimpse of what Antichrist or the spirit of Antichrist would look like even in our time period within the last hundred years. We now look forward now that this we have seen this over and over and over again. Now John, the revelator, gives us a good example in Revelation chapter 13, verse 18. He said, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number, it is a number of a man. His number is 666. Now, I'll get to later more about this process in this moment, in this scripture. But when, but what John is doing here is re, you have to understand the dating of Revelation. It was written in 90-something A.D. Why is that important? Why, why do you need to know that? Because, because what we see is that there was a man during that time period that was that in 68 A.D. that was called the beast, and his name was Caesar. Nero, Nero Caesar. And he was one of the most horrific individuals that had ever walked the world. It was literally when he committed suicide in 68 AD, he ended the bloodline of the Roman Caesars, of Julius Caesar and others. He ended that, and those that became Caesar after him was of a different bloodline. But but he he was one of those that was that was a complete epitome of evil. And I'm not going to go into all the evil because there are littler ones in the room right now. But I want to tell you, it is it is sick what this man would do. He val- he did not value life. He did not value people. In fact, he, he literally, I, I'll say this, that he literally would put Christians on a stake and set them ablaze in his garden as he would walk up and down his garden and Christians were torches there dying next to him. He did not care as he strolled through his garden as they Christians were giving off light as he burned them alive. And that's just a little thing of what he did. And I don't want to go any further. And so when John was writing this, I believe that John wrote it much later than this. He's giving them a clue. He's saying the beast. And most of, your, most of your historians of that time, Tacitus and others, when they would write of Nero, they would call him the beast. They would call him filth. They would call him basically the epitome of evil in that time. And I believe what John the Revelator is trying to explain to us through this, this passage right now is that Antichrist that is to come is going to look like him. The epitome of evil, the the complete total 
package of, of evil, total disregard for what God has called good and what God has called love and what God has called life. He is the opposite of everything that God has created. This person is going to be such a significant evil person that it's going to literally be filled, that he's going to be literally filled by Satan himself. The beast, the dragon is going to give him power. And so this this process here is happening around us as we see in, in our scriptures, as we see, as we, as we look at this, that spirit of Antichrist has been in the world since 90-something A.D. or even before that. As, as anybody that denies that Jesus Christ is the Son of the Father, who is God, and Jesus is God. That is what John tells you. If they deny that he's the Son of God, this is his clue to you. This is important to you. This is your key. If they say that Jesus Christ is not Son of God, then you know he is Antichrist. There are many, many cults around the world today. And if you want to know what they're talking about, ask them, who is Jesus? Is he the only begotten Son of God? Ask them who Jesus is when they want to come knock on your door and ask you all these questions. Is he the only begotten? Is he fully God yet fully man? Ask them. And if they don't tell you yes, then tell them, get on down the road because that's not the God I serve. He is fully God and fully man. Who does not believe that he's the son of the Father, they will be lost. Now, 1 John chapter 4, John the Revelator again describing to us. He says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Can you see almost, I mean, in my spirit, I can almost see John begging them, telling them, just because someone says they're of Christ, don't believe them. Just because someone says they're Jesus. Don't believe them. And he goes on. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. And you have heard he was coming and is now already in the world. There is a spirit that is out there that wants to deny that Jesus was the Son of God. And that he did not come into the flesh. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ. Christ loved you and cares for you and he came to this world born of a virgin fully God and fully man and he was real he was crucified he was buried but he rose again and did not stay dead because he's God and he lives forevermore forever and forever and forever you are of God little children John says and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. And he who knows who is not of God does not hear us. But by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So you've got to hear. What is the difference? What is the difference? Last one before I get into the meat of this. Second John Verses 7 and 8. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. 
This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things which we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. Now, back to Revelation 13. You see what the trial is. You see what the issues are. Let's look in verse 1. And on his head was ten crowns, the beast. And on his heads, a blasphemous name. Blasphemous. You got to understand what blasphemy is. Blasphemy is saying Jesus or claiming the name of Jesus and not being Jesus. Not being of Christ. Taking the Lord's name in vain is essentially what that is. When you call yourself a Christian and you're not, you are blaspheming the name of Jesus. And then when you fall, everybody's going to look at you and say, well, is that what a Christian does? The answer is no. But because you blasphemed the name of Jesus and took his name and not really being of Christ, you literally are going to deceive people in your walk. Hopefully nobody in this room. So blaspheming is simply denying who Jesus is. Blaspheming is the spirit of Antichrist. Blaspheming what Jesus has done in saying that Jesus did not come from God, that Jesus was not born of a virgin, and saying that Jesus was not literally, literally the Son of God. This is blasphemy. This is blasphemy. And so blasphemy is what this Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, will have over him. And the literal guy, the one guy, it's going to be written all over his head, the Bible says. And so what you will see is that God has done a mighty thing in the middle, in the midpoint of the tribulation. He has reached down to touch and to, and to do a work. And now the enemy, if you read chapter 12, the enemy is furious at the issues of, that are happening over the world. He's furious because many of Israelites have come home. Many Jewish people have come to Jesus Christ and he is ready to go make war upon them. Okay? So we're midpoint of the tribulation. I keep, deliver, I keep going over and over this so that you understand what I'm about ready to say is, is frightening. I want to share with you the biblical antichrist and what the Muslims call their Mahdi. And I want you to understand that there is a spirit of antichrist in that religion. I want you to hear this today. And then afterwards, all the police get to line around my house. Guard it for me. I got angels. The Antichrist will be a leader who has the ability to speak boldly. This is Daniel chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Revelation 13, 5. The Antichrist also, and he was given a mouth speaking great things. He's going to be pompous 
and speak boldly. The Muslim Mahdi, which is their Messiah, their 12th Imam, this guy that's going to come and be the leader of there. This is who they're looking for to return. According to their own texts, and I'm not going to give you the, all the, where you can find this. I have them. I'll post them onto the, 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 the uh, uh, app, and you can look it up yourself. But he will be so powerful, according to them. He will be so powerful that if he shouts among the mountains, hard rocks will turn into powder. Okay? According to the biblical Antichrist, Revelation 19, 20, he will, he will be accompanied by a false prophet who will lead people into serving him. Not Revelation 19, 20. The beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. According to the Muslim Mahdi. The Mus- this, is, this is so horrific. You've got to hear me. The Mahdi, so their Messiah, his false prophet, you know what his name is? Jesus. He's Jesus is supposed to return, according to Islam, to help the Mahdi get accepted in the world. Listen as I quote, the hour will not be established until the son of Mary descends amongst you as a just ruler. He will break the cross, kill the pigs, and abolish the Jesus tax. Money will be in abundance so that nobody will accept it as charitable gifts. You know who the false prophet's going to be? Somebody that says, my name's Jesus. And then he's going to do miracles in front of them. And the whole world that does not have their name written in the Lamb's book of life are going to be deceived into believing that Islam was truth. You hear me today? You, you've got to get this in your spirit. That they, can you imagine the blasphemy? That is going to come forth as someone claiming to be Jesus and is not. They are going to be led astray. And what they're going to do is this Jesus is going to say, the Christians had it wrong. I'm not the son of God. I was never a son of God. I was just a good man and I was a prophet. And they killed me. And when I died, I really was dead. I didn't rise again. And the Mahdi is the one that resurrected me and brought me back. And now to show you this, I'm going to do great miracles in your midst. And then they will get an image and they will carve it out. And they will erect it there. And the whole world will bow and worship the image. I told you all. That means all. Everybody is going to be deceived. So. The Bible says the Antichrist will have a powerful army that, that will do damage on the earth. Revelation 3, 4. They worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him and is granted to make war? This is 13, 4. I'm sorry. Make war with him. He's going to have a powerful army, according to Muslim, Islam. Mahdi will receive a pledge of allegiance as a caliph. For Muslims, he will lead Muslims in many battles of jihad. Another place it says in their works, if you see him, go out and give him your allegiance. 
According to the Bible, the Antichrist will be a world leader and rule for seven years. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven years. The Revelation 13, 7. Authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. According to, the, according to Islam, the Mahdi will fill the earth with equity and justice as it was filled with oppression and tyranny, and he will rule for seven years. I'm not done. The Antichrist will try to change times and laws. He shall, Daniel 7.25, he shall intend to change times and laws. So everything that you used to know for 2,000 years all of a sudden changed about two months ago. Just let it go right there. The Mahdi, according to Islam, he will govern the people by the Sunnah. Of their prophet and establish Islam on the earth. Now, Brother Willard's daughter just left. She told me, please pray for us as we go over back to Sweden. Islam has invaded everywhere and they're trying to get their caliphate and their Sharia law enacted all over Europe. And if they do, they will become, they, they will be literally be out there going after us. And it will not be safe for the Christians. She said it's cold over there. So you need to pray for her. This atmosphere is coming to this world. The Bible says in Revelation 6-2 that the Antichrist will be riding on a white horse. And then all of a sudden this is bad news for the world. And he, when he goes out in Revelation, Revelation 6, 2, let me read this to you. And looked, I behold, a white horse, and who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. According to Islam, the Mahdi, it is clear that this man is the Mahdi who arrived the white horse and judged by the Koran with justice and with will be men and marks of prostration on their foreheads. The Antichrist will, and the false prophet will promote a one world religion. That's Revelation 13, 15. As he causes many who would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Literally, if you do not receive the image of the beast, they will literally take your head off. According to Islam, he will govern the Mahdi, will govern the people by the Sunnah and their prophet established, as I read earlier, Islam on the earth. The Antichrist will execute the infidels through beheading. Revelation speaks of those who have lost their heads, but they received Christ's mark on their forehead. Now, I want to tell you something. You need to wake up. Wake up now. Lastly, I, I got so many more, but we need to just cut this thing down. The Mahdi will kill everyone who opposes Islam. He will kill the Jews and the Christians. 
Surah 551, I'll give you that one. Muslims take neither Jews nor Christians for your friends. They are, they are friends with one another. Whoever seeks their friendship shall be, become one of their numbers, and Allah does not guide wrongdoing. And then Surah 973 says, Slay the idolaters wherever you find them, arrest them, besiege them, and lie in ambush for them. That's their Quran. We need to recognize something that we need to focus on knowing that there is great deception in this world today. There is great deception that has come across this planet today that literally the spirit of Antichrist is trying to change the times and the laws that we are seeing happening in front of us. We saw it about 40, 50 years ago. When abortion became illegal, and, and now we are seeing the grotesqueness of that literally right now being revealed to us. And I'm going to tell you, 50 years ago, if you would have saw that, if they had it within five years, there wouldn't, they wouldn't be marching on Washington tomorrow. Every single American would be down there. How dare you cut up these babies and sell their body parts for profit? How dare you do take our money that we slave and work for and you use this money to destroy this innocent life? It wouldn't matter what side of the aisle they would have been on. They would have been for justice. They would have been for the preservation of the innocent. But I'm telling you, Antichrist is in our world. They have changed the definition of marriage and caused chaos throughout our society. And we are literally seeing the fragmentation of that. And the Antichrist, one more time, has changed the time and law in our world. If you don't want to wake up, friend, I told you about the war and all the nations that are ready to come down that I said last week, and there they are, ready to come down. There's a war that's coming. Listen to your pastor today. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put off tomorrow what you need to do today. Jesus may come back 20, 30 years from now. I don't know. He may come back before Tuesday. But that's up to God. But you got to watch and be ready and know when he's coming. All right, finally today. Revelation 13, 18. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is a number of a man. His number is 666. Sister, first one, please. This is Greek. That is, if you have what is called the Textus Receptus or the majority text in Greek, there is a symbol that is in your Bible. If you could read Greek, if you can, come talk to me because I need some help. But if you can read Greek, there is, that is directly lifted. I copied it right out of the Bible. It is right there. It is 600, and each one of these, these Greek uh, letters here represent a number, just like Latin you know, we have the, the I is a 1, a V is 5, on and on and on. Here in Greek, we have 666. 
It's a symbol in Greek. Now, I, I made sure that you understood. If you have a, if you, if you get a different Greek translation of the one I told you, then it, that symbol will not be in there. It's in the Texas Receptus. Now, next one, please. This is Allah. All right? Go back to the first one. I want you to look at something. This is Allah. The first one, again, was 666. Look at the middle one. Okay? Hit it again, the second one. Go to the next slide, please. That is a sword, two swords and cross, and a cross, and an X, I'm sorry. And so you have two, two, two swords put together. This is their universal sign of, of war. So go back to the first one. What do you see? Okay, now go to the fourth one. There is, there is a symbol of Islam, Allah, on top. And there is six, six, six. One more. And here it is on their forehead. Can you, you can go ahead and go to something happy. I want you to hear me today. The Bible says that they are going to try to write it on your forehead. And that if you don't, you see, what did John, the revelator, do? He looked down and he saw. And he Described. I got this, I got that image. I didn't come up with that. Brother, uh, a former Muslim, when he was reading scripture, as he accepted Christ, he came across that verse and his eyes just about jumped out of his head. And he published this and he says, Christians, you need to wake up. He said, look at this. He says, you all don't see it because you didn't, weren't raised in this, but I was. And I want you to hear today. What are the colors of the horses? White, red, black, and green, or pale, but it's green. What are the colors of Islam? White, red, black, and green. You awake this morning? Everything. Is coming just like Jesus said it would. Everything is ready for the soon return of the king. And if he, like I said, this is up to the Lord. We who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. But I want to tell you, you got to be watching and ready for him to come. This world is not your home. This place is not your home. 
You might have a house here. But you know what? Somewhere up there, the Bible tells me that he prepared a place for me. My name is written down up there somewhere on a mailbox somewhere. He's made a mansion for me. I've got a place over there. The Bible says in John 14 that you should not be worried or be afraid because he's overcome. He's overcome. He's overcome. What you should be worried, John tells you, is to make sure that your name is written there. That you make sure that your calling and election is sure. That you make sure that you know Jesus. That you know him by name. Because hear me, hear me. There will be people that will be deceived because there will be a false Christ that will claim to be him and they won't know his voice. But if you've been in the fire and you've heard him talk to you before and you've heard him lift you up out of trouble and you've heard him come alongside you and whisper in your ear, everything's going to be all right. Don't worry and don't be afraid. If you ever been beside him, you know his voice. You know his call. You know what he sounds like. And you know that he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake thank you he's going to go with you to the very end you know him you know him you know him and it's time to rise up and god your redemption is about ready to draw nigh today thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of east point church of god and pastor larry sterling the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.